When it comes to marketing as a photographer, do you feel like you sort of don't know what the next step is? Do you kind of just feel like you're doing all the things and don't really know what's working and what you should be focused on? If so, this episode is going to be exactly what you need. This is going to really help you step into a type of marketing that a lot of people are moving towards. As you know, social media platforms, especially Instagram, is starting to really push out video content. And that's been in the making for a while, but even just more so recently, the algorithms are really favoring reels and video content. And so it's really important that we hone in on this marketing tactic and strategy and really learn how to utilize it in the best way. So I decided to bring on an expert when it comes to video marketing, and I have to share with you a little bit of a story about how I found Joy Michelle. So I actually have been a fan of her YouTube channel for a while, and I was on a podcast, and it was a mutual friend of ours, and she actually found my account and started liking some of my photos and started following me, and I was totally fangirling because I was like, oh my gosh, I love Joy Michelle, which is our guest. I'm going to introduce her in just a minute, but oh my gosh, it was the coolest experience. And reaching out to her, we just started talking and really became instant Instagram friends. Like we voice message a lot and it's just so fun to have someone else in the industry doing what I do. And it's, she's incredible. You guys are going to really really enjoy our conversation. So Joy Michelle is a YouTuber, photographer, mom to two, online course creator, community builder, and a business coach to help creatives. She helps photographers go from passionate to profitable through weekly YouTube videos, her Facebook group, Photo Boss, that has over 8,000 members, and her online programs. She also just launched the Call to Both podcast for women who have big business ambitions, but also want to be an intentional and present mama. So definitely be sure to check that out. I will link it in the show notes. I cannot wait to share this conversation with you today. I know it's a bit of a longer one, but you guys are in for a real treat. There is so much value in what she has to share, and I can't wait to get started. Let's jump right in. Hey mama, welcome back to the Purpose Gathering Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Freehan, and I'm here for all you mom photographers out there feeling overwhelmed trying to raise a thriving family and build a profitable business you love. I'm a business and motherhood coach, brand photographer, podcaster, wife, and homeschooling mama saved by grace, so I can totally relate to the never-ending to-do lists endless hours of editing, and the trail of messes strewn across the floor. Join me every week where I share with you the strategies and mindset shifts that you need to step into the role as CEO in your motherhood and your business. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, take some serious action, and embrace hard things for the sake of growth, then you're in the right place. Hey friends, welcome back to the show. I am so excited to be here today with Joy Michelle. Joy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. 
I cannot wait to talk to you today about video marketing and how photographers can sort of even just get started. But before we dive in, will you take a minute and just introduce yourself to our listeners? Let us know who you are, who you live with, and what you do. Yeah, perfect. Okay, well, hi, I am Joy Michelle. I am a photographer, educator, and YouTuber. Um, I live with my husband of nearly 10 years now, which is crazy to say, and our two kids. I have a three-year-old and a 10-month-old. And what was the last question? I'm like, oh gosh. What do you do? (laughs) What do I do? I specifically help photographers step into the role of photo boss so that they can make more money and work with clients that they love so that they can have a better work-life balance that they love. So I do that through my YouTube channel and in a Facebook group called Photo Boss with Joy Michelle. I love that so much. So before we continue, I really have to know, what did you have to do to get here for this podcast episode? Because I think so many people listening right now think that, you know, we just sat down and recorded. And I'm sure now that they're thinking about it, they're like, yeah, I'm wondering too, like, where are your kids? How are you recording this? So share with us, how did you get here today? I feel like I have lived a whole day before (laughs) this morning, (laughs) before this call, which I think a lot of moms who are also being entrepreneurs can relate to. Um, But I, this morning, I had to get up early. I am breastfeeding my son still. So I have fed him a few times already today, made meals for my whole family, and have been in my inbox for a couple of hours here just getting the week started. And now I'm here and excited to have this conversation with you. But I love this question because I think it can be fun to see or just hear what other people do before they get into the office. And I feel like, especially now waking up earlier and trying to get a little bit of margin time for myself before my kids wake up, and now it just feels like, wow, that the day is longer, uh, which is what we want. But yeah, so much can happen before we ever sit down to press record. Yes. I agree. And I think this question just came to me because I was like, there's so much that happens before we press record. And I just wanted to share it because I thought it was funny. So I dropped my daughter off at a babysitting gig. She's a mother's helper. So she goes every Monday and my son is home. And when my daughter's not home, she's usually the one that sort of keeps him in check. Well, when I'm on a call or a recording like this, It's literally 30 to 40 minutes where he's unattended. And so I asked him today, I was like, okay, so anything that's going to tempt you while I'm on my call, please bring it and set it on my bed. And so I wish that you guys could see what he brought me. There's graham crackers, there's candy, there's the Nintendo Switch, there's cake, and there's Sprite. And you would think that we keep all of this in our house on a regular basis, but we've had parties, birthdays, that kind of thing over the past couple of weeks. And so we just have a lot of extras. And so he brought me all the things that he might be tempted with. He sounds very self-aware. He's like, you know what? Here's the switch, mom. I'm not going to be able to handle it. (laughs) I know. And I love that because I specifically told him, I didn't prompt him what to bring me. I just said, anything that you might feel tempted to do or eat while I am on my call. And so I just thought it was so cute. So I'm like, That's just a little, you know, mom tip for anyone who is 
struggling with their kids, maybe not being honest or being sneaky. That is definitely something that, that we struggle with over here. So just wanted to share that. Yeah. And I love that your daughter is a mother's helper. You can just send her my way whenever. I know. (laughs) Get some free experience. (laughs) I wish you were closer. (laughs) I totally wish. That would be amazing. Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's dive back into you and your life. So Mm -hmm. in two minutes, can you share with us or under two minutes, I guess I should say, Will you share with us a little bit about your journey through photography and how you got to where you are today as an educator and a YouTuber? Sure. Yeah. So I started my business in 2013, which now is like feels like a lifetime ago, but also maybe like two years when I when I think about it in like entrepreneur years. Um, but I started out in the wedding industry and have photographed specifically weddings and love stories portraits and weddings. And I got into this because I was in school, engaged to my husband and hired our wedding photographer. And when I saw the business that she had built, it kind of opened my eyes to what was possible for me as a photographer, as someone who just enjoyed photography, but never thought it could be a career. And it, up until that point, I kind of thought you had to work for National Geographic or JCPenney or something like that. Yes. And so seeing her business was super inspiring for me. And I just dove headfirst in. I ended up working for her for a while as an intern and then a second shooter for her. And that was the beginning of my business. And so a few years later, um, I was prompted by my brother to start a YouTube channel. And I thought about it for probably a year before I ever actually created and published videos. And which should be, you know, encouraging for anyone who's thought, okay, I've thought about things for a while. And I just, for some reason, I can't, you know, make the make the move or take that step. You're not the only one. Um, but eventually I decided, you know what? I think I'm just going to start sharing about my business, about the softwares that I'm using and the gear that I'm using and what's working in my marketing um, to hopefully help some people that are, you know, a couple years behind where I am. And so I started my YouTube channel uh, in 2017, and that grew into the Facebook group and grew into Photo Boss, which is now this community of almost 10,000 photographers and has just continued to grow and evolve. And starting these YouTube videos and the channel really is what kind of kicked off my whole almost accidental education business. And now is what makes up the large part of what I do every day. Um, I've since had two kids. Lots of things have changed and pivoted. I'm still a photographer, but my heart now is really in helping other photographers reach the goals that they want to achieve in their businesses. And so I've been able to expand a little bit into business coaching, and I now have a shop and um, still maintain the Facebook group. So that kind of leads me to where we are here today. That's awesome. We share a commonality in the sense of how we got started with photography because same thing happened to me. Although I sort of didn't have the best experience with my wedding photographer. And I was like, okay, if he can do this and charge that much money, like (laughs) I could do this way better. And so I was like, I think I'm going to give this a try. And so that's how I got started in weddings too. I love that. I love that you're saying if he did it, I definitely can do it. And I can actually do it watch me do it better. (laughs) Right? Yes. I was just like, he just didn't pay attention to details. And I'm like, Mm. that's so important as a photographer Mm -hmm. to be able to especially like make a woman look good in the photo. And like, I just feel like he didn't take the time to get to know me or my real smile. And like, Mm -hmm. it just wasn't the best experience. So 
Wow. Wow. And then it kicked off your business, which is incredible. Right. Exactly. So I think that's cool that we share that. Okay, so let's get into the meat of today's episode. I think as photographers and really just any entrepreneur in general right now, we keep hearing that video is the future, right? You know, Instagram announced that they were going more towards, you know, pushing video and I've definitely seen that. And so I feel like a lot of photographers still might be hesitant about jumping on this, what they might call bandwagon, right? Like, oh, it's just that uh, the next thing that I have to do is do reels or video marketing in general. So can you sort of give us your take on that? Why you think it's important? And maybe where can photographers even really get started with doing video to help market their business? Yeah, I think this is super common to have this reaction of being like, okay, I'm seeing the reels, I'm seeing TikTok, I'm seeing where these platforms are very obviously going and what they're promoting, but to still feel a little overwhelmed by video and especially by YouTube. So I get asked about YouTube a lot because I am a YouTuber, but I also feel like video marketing in general needs to be discussed because as busy moms, they're comes a time when we feel like we cannot be everywhere. We can't be on all the platforms and we can't play to every algorithm. And I think what needs to be said is that the obvious answer to this is to be somewhere with a little more depth, right? So you can only pick a a handful and then go deep on those platforms. And I think one of the best ways to get bang for your buck in your marketing and have your marketing be evergreen and not be something that feels like it it got you a few likes, it got you a few comments, and maybe it got you a follower, but then it disappeared. And now you have to get back into it. You have to create another post. You have to go live again. Then I think video needs to be discussed because the lifetime value of a piece of video content is so much longer than a text-based post and can be used to enrich something that you're already doing in a text-based post. So um, let's break it down. I have three ways to use video in your business right now and just ways that you can be thinking about putting video into what you're already doing and how you could take that next step. So The first way I feel like we've kind of touched on here is the visibility marketing strategy of your business. So this means your blog, your Instagram, your Facebook, your social media, really getting the word out about what you do with your service and what you do with your clients and the photography that you offer. And this is, I think, the most obvious way. And that's where we think, okay, I'm going to have a video and it's going to help me get clients. But it's also really important to be thinking about the next way, which is in your client experience. So part of our marketing is giving a fantastic client experience so that they might come back or refer you to someone else or leave you a five-star review. And so video should be extending to this part of your marketing strategy so that you can carry through this experience of excellence in everything that you're doing. So thinking of it as something that's outward facing in your visibility from someone who hasn't booked with you, but also thinking about how marketing with video could fit into where someone has already booked with you. So, you know, a a great way to do this is through maybe you record a short gallery tour video for the, your client after they have gotten their images and you explain how the gallery works, you explain how to download their images and what they can do. What's the next step for getting a tangible print or a, a canvas or working with you to create a custom, you know, album. And another way to think about this is what, 
questions do you get asked? What frequently asked questions do you get asked almost with every client? Maybe it's on picking an outfit, maybe it's timeline or lighting related or location related. But the important thing here is that you're addressing these questions. So you're coming into them with a solution and you're doing it with video. And the cool thing is this can sometimes also double as your visibility marketing. So you might do something for your clients and explain how your gallery is working. And they love that. They feel like they just got a higher touch, more excellent experience. And then you end up sharing that publicly with your visibility marketing. You might put a little clip of it onto your Instagram. Maybe you make it into a reel, just showcasing the level of attention that you're giving to these clients inside of a gallery by letting them know how it works. So it's serving you on both ends. Another way that you can think about video, another place that you could be thinking, okay, where, where could I put a video in my business? And this is your website. So I think specifically your about me page is a fantastic spot for a video and a thank you page after someone has inquired with you. So that's a great way to pop up, be you know a face right away. They know exactly who's taking the pictures. They kind of see the face behind the brand. And I don't think a lot of people are doing this. And it's another way that as busy moms and we feel like we can't respond in 30 seconds sometimes to these inquiries, and it can kind of feel like a race to respond to these people if they're inquiring about you know a portrait session, for example. One way that we can make that genuine connection immediately is by having a video thanking them, letting them know how excited you are to work with them, and letting them know when they can expect to hear back from you. And the reason that I love video so much is that I feel that the no like trust factor for video is just so high that in order for me to build as much trust as I've built maybe in like two videos on my website, they would have to read dozens of my blog posts or, you know, read dozens of my Instagram posts. And those are great. And they still have a place in my marketing. But as a busy mom, I just don't feel that I have the time to be posting every single day in these places. And so I know that if I create a video, while it might take me a little bit longer at first, it's going to last longer and it's going to cause more trust in the end. Because you know, voice and video connection are just higher than reading a text-based post. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm taking lots of notes here because I just want to remember so I can circle back to, but you mentioned two things, two out of those three things that I'm like, wow, I don't think I have ever done that. I might've thought about it, but I never actually did it. But I loved having video be part of the client experience. And that also really helps you as the business owner not have to continually send out the same email. Even if it's a canned email, it just sounds pretty basic. But just sending out this video and just having it be something that is so valuable to your client, I feel like just levels up your business so much. And so I appreciate you sharing that for sure. It it really does. It feels a little more scalable. It's something you can repurpose and reuse. And I I love the idea of something being reusable, but I also love the idea of using video on a one-to-one basis. I have an app that's free that I love called Bonjoro. And through the Bonjoro app, you're able to send someone a really quick little custom message. And so it pulls up their email. You can type a little message, say, Hey, I just got your inquiry and it will be face to camera you responding. And it kind of just packages it up really beautifully and sends it their way. And so it also could really help for standing out when it feels like 
it's a pretty saturated market. I feel like that's all we hear as photographers is how saturated it is. And, you know, while that can be true on some levels that there are many photographers to choose from, there is more that we can do to stand out, especially in the way that we respond. And so even considering responding with a video can be a tremendous way to stand out because how many people are going to take the time to do that? Yes. And that's so true. And I think as busy moms, Joy, you and I can both relate to this, that it takes a lot longer to type out a message than it does to speak the message, right? Uh And we sit and fine tune it and like try to make it perfect when in the end, really it's about speed. Like you want to get back to someone as quickly as possible and personalization. If it's personalized And quick, people are going to be like, wow, okay, if this is how she's responding now, like, I want to work with this person. So I think it's easier. (laughs) It is. It absolutely is. And you said fine tune it. And I want to talk about that for a second, because I think we can be perfectionists and get hung up on, did this, did I put the right sentence? Should I put pricing? Should I not? We have all these nitty gritty details when really we could get in our own way if we're not just showing up really quick saying, I'm just going to give myself one take. I'm just going to say, Hey, I got your inquiry. I'm so excited to connect with you. Here's the gallery link send that authenticity will resonate. And I think people appreciate that, especially now that that authenticity is going to be obvious very quickly. Whereas it's a little harder to tell in an email, right? You can't hear tone. You can't hear Mm -hmm. excitement. Like That I think is something that we're just missing in today's society in general, which is Mm -hmm. why I love voice messages over on Instagram, which you and I are so good at because (laughs) it's just, you can almost feel like you know someone when you hear their voice and you're instantly connected, which is why podcasting is so great. Mm -hmm. But what what I've also realized is with YouTube, you not only hear them, you see them. And that's just like such another level, which I think is so important. It is. It is. And it does take an extra time, right? Like to set up more than just a microphone. Like I will admit that adding video to voice is an, is another layer. But like you said, it then also takes your marketing to the next level. So you do get the reward for it. I agree. And I just feel like it helps someone like you, like you mentioned earlier, know, like, and trust you faster when they see mm-hmm. and hear you versus just, you know, hearing or reading. So I love that. And then you mentioned using video on your website for your About Me page. And I think I just want to take a minute to just touch on that, where we talk about About Me pages. I have been scouring the internet, trying to find photographers' websites that do this well so that I can share it with my own students and be like, hey, this is a really great example. I want to give them more examples, right, than just my own website. I want to show them other people in the real world. And it almost seems like about 80% of the websites I find their about me page is literally about the photographer. Like, yeah, this is what I like. This is who I am. I'm so passionate. I love photography. And it's like, the about me page really should not be about you. The about page, they really just want to know, like, what do you do? Who do you serve? And and how are you going to help me solve my problem? And so do you do you have something to add to that about like, what should the about me video really be? This is such a good question because you think at first blush, the about me page is about me. Like, of course, I'm going to write, you know, that I love red wine and, you know, long walks on the beach. Like, <laughs> right. You know, like, I don't know. It's it was profile. Like, I, I don't know. But you, from a marketing standpoint, it's exactly what you're saying. It's 
I want to know about you as it pertains to me. Right. So flipping it around saying, what can you tell someone about yourself that then actually is relevant to their decision to decide to book you as their photographer? So yes, it's about you. And there, I mean, I still want to know little tidbits. I still kind of want to know like, are you married? Do you have a family? Like, that's great. And I want to see pictures of your face for goodness sake. But, looking at the camera. Yes. yes <laughs> Not looking like, off into outer space. Yes. I, I like, okay, put both. If you need the other one, <laughs> perfect, but put both. But I think it's so important to sit here and go back to the basics of what problem are you solving and how do you uniquely solve it? What are you creating for them? And paint that picture. So you can kind of frame your About Me page as what you do for them. So it is about you. It is about you as a photographer and your journey and when you got started and what kind of person you are behind the camera and how you draw out your clients in your unique way. But everything has to come back to them, which is a little counterintuitive, I think, sometimes. And if you do this well, you sometimes don't even know what's happening. You thought, okay, I just read a whole bunch about Ashley. Like, that was a cool About Me page. But really, the purpose of the About Me page is, you know, really put yourself in your client's shoes and say, like, they're thinking about themselves. We Mm -hmm. all are when we're on someone's website. And the question is, can you get me what I want? And so you need to figure out what do they want? Like, what do they really want? Yes, photos, but photos for what purpose and of what emotions and what are they worried about and how are you solving it? And that like is just a little extra work and homework rather than just saying, okay, we love to watch The Office and we love margaritas. And like, yes, it's it's more work, but it's essentially going to work as a sales page for you. And the reason why this is worth your time as well is because your About Me page is one of the most visited pages of your website. So it absolutely is going to get views. Um, So the time is well spent, I guess, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. I agree. And I think even in addition to adding a video, you should still add the text for those people who prefer to read text versus watching a video. So I think having you know, multiple mediums for people to absorb your content is perfect. But then also just a quick note on this before we continue is bullet points or very short to the point sentences is going to improve readability because a lot of people I see are doing huge paragraphs still. And I'm like, people skim, no one reads word for word verbatim on your about page. And so if you're not keeping that in mind, like Mm -hmm. how you would read a website, then people are probably going to skip the really important stuff that you just took a whole bunch of time writing because it's just, it's not conducive to the amount of time that we have these days. You're right. You're right. And when using video, that is a great point. Always add text, always, because you want the search engine optimization part of it. And video is going to help add to that, but you don't want it to be only that, right? So Google you know, owns YouTube. So if you host that video on YouTube, whether you decide to be a consistent uploader on YouTube or not, they are going to already rank that page a little bit higher, especially if the video itself says something similar to what the page is about. It's further confirming that this page is what someone is searching for, but we still want text, right? We still want images with good SEO strategy built behind them. So I, that is, super good to add. (laughs) Yes. Want to make sure, yes, that we add that in. So before we go to the next question that I had actually prepared you with, I think it's really important that we sort of connect these in the sense of 
when we're talking about visibility and using marketing or video marketing on the outside, right? Like attracting people in. Can you give us some specific examples of how you would do that before we talk about the gear and software? Yeah, I think that a good way to start with this, especially as photographers who have probably already created some good content, is to go back to the blog posts or the pieces of content that you've created on social media that have resonated well. So this is often a really good starting point if you just don't know where to go. You go to your analytics, whether that be Google Analytics or your Instagram analytics panel, look at the posts that you have created that have resonated well and have caused good conversation or that you may know led to conversion. So I think that's a great starting point for the topics that you should be thinking about when creating a video. So then from there, you can decide, okay, could I maybe add on a video to a blog post that already is doing really, really well? And so if you have a blog post that you know is your most popular blog post and leads people closer to that buying decision and they're getting you know, nurtured and closer to being confident and in inquiring with you, then I would go ahead and work as those are your list of content pieces that are would be perfect to go ahead and add a video to. Um, whether that be a quick video clip of you just hanging out in your living room and explaining some of the content, maybe enriching some of the content if it's been a while since you wrote that specific blog post. Um, but I also think a good way to do this is to share maybe a little behind the scenes of you as what it would look like to work with you. Because I think that's one of the biggest things that people are looking for when they're deciding whether or not to invest in a photographer. They just want to know what is it going to feel like, you know? So whether that be a little bit of a behind the scenes of you giving a tip or two for your clients. The big thing here is that they get to see you. They get to see your body language. They get to see you hold your camera and be excited. I mean, if you can have a behind the scenes video clip, even a 30 second clip of you talking and directing your clients, even better. But don't let that hold you back from being able to start with video on some level at some capacity. And, you know, giving a tip or two about choosing a location or an outfit or looking more uh, relaxed in front of the camera is going to position you as the expert. And that's exactly what we're angling for here. I love you touched on so many like different things that I was writing down and I was like, I don't want to forget this. But I love that you touched on showing behind the scenes and really drawing people in that way. And I have heard a lot of photographers say before, like, well, I'm the only one at my shoot. Like, who's going to take behind the scenes for me? And I think sometimes we hold ourselves back by not allowing ourselves to get creative. So mm -hmm. I bring my 10-year-old daughter with me and she'll take behind the scenes for me. I pay her like five bucks and she thinks it's great and I think it's cheap and it works. I've also that. hired I've also hired my like one of my good friends to come with me and take behind mm -hmm. the scenes. The other thing that's super easy if it really is just you is to bring a tripod for your mm -hmm. phone and just set that up. So it's just like you you have to get past this mindset block of like, oh, well that must be nice for those people that can't afford mm -hmm. that or that can, you know, where there is an assistant that comes with them. Must be nice, right? We need to step yeah. out of that victim mentality and step into, okay, this is really cool. How do I do that? Like, yes. how can I make this happen? Asking a better question of how. How do I do right. that? Okay, it's just me, so how? And then you listed three incredible ways, okay? 
maybe you ask one of your clients to hold a camera. And I've had people bring like a family member or, Mm -hmm. you know, like a parent to their family sessions. And I'm like, okay, grandma, like you are now taking behind the scenes footage and they love it. They want to be helped what they're there for. Um, But even just propping your phone with just on the front facing camera to do some behind the scenes footage on wherever it is, your car or the brick wall, wherever you are, like that is, that is totally valid. And it's like, it's video that the point is you have to get the video. And I love the tripod idea. I think that's so smart. Well, and the other thing that you just mentioned was, you know, you said grandma or someone that comes along to take the behind the scenes for you, but then also going a step further, tagging your client in that photo. And I guarantee they will share it because they want other people to see the behind the scenes of them at their session. I mean, they take all the time getting ready, especially at weddings, right? You want to show those behind the scenes of the wedding or the session. And so I just think that's just another way to use video to market yourself using your clients to help out as well. Yeah, such a good point. And I wanted to circle back again to one thing that you mentioned was about having photographers repurpose maybe blog content that they've already created. And Mm -hmm. I can already kind of hear the questions in my head of like, well, I don't have a blog or is that even necessary in today's age? You know, like, and I just wanted you to take maybe a couple minutes and really dive deep on that. But I know that both you and I have anchor content. You Mm -hmm. have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast. That's our anchor content. We create new content. I think yours is weekly. Right now, mine's bi-weekly, but I'll be going back to weekly at some point. And then you're able to use that content to further spur your videos, as you were mentioning. Right. I think it's so much easier to start with a piece of anchor content than to try to create 10 little video content pieces off of different ideas. So do you want to elaborate on that? Oh, it's so much easier. You're right. Because if we can start with one pillar piece of content, I like anchor piece, either way, a pillar piece of content. So it's like that one core idea. You can then kind of have a trickle down effect on whatever platforms you've decided you want to show up on. I like this to be a blog. I do get asked, do I still need a blog? No, you don't need a blog. But I will say, if you're not going to be blogging, you need to have another visibility strategy. And it's the same with social media. I don't think you have to be on social media, but you do need another visibility strategy. And so I think a blog is just smarter than relying solely on social media that does tend to change. I mean, it's like all we've been hearing about is how much Instagram has been changing over the past year or two. And so I do think it's still smart to have a blog post. And it's also wonderful because you're going to get that search engine optimization. And I know you do this for your podcast. I do this for my YouTube videos. And it's more likely that my videos are going to be found because they're, they don't just exist on YouTube or Vimeo or wherever you upload that video. They also exist on the home of my site, right? And I say exactly. home, that's my home base. Um, and so, like you said, if you have this mother piece of content at the top and then everything trickles down from there, what I do is I think of the video in its full form, the entire thing, that's going to be my blog post. And then from there, 
I know that I'm going to get a smaller clip and break that down into a few things. I'm going to put that on my Instagram stories. I'm going to put that onto IG. It's no longer IGTV. It's just Instagram video. And uh, if I can repurpose that into a reel, I will. I almost always am able to grab, you know, whether it's a behind the scenes clip or even a teaching clip and just repurpose that into a reel. And then I'm not starting from nothing with reels because I know reels can be both time consuming and frustrating, but we know that they're kind of this like necessary part of marketing right now if we're taking Instagram seriously. Um, And so then seeing it as like, okay, it started as one video, but now it's IGTV, it's on my Instagram stories, it's a reel or two, um, it's on my Facebook as smaller clips. And I think oftentimes thinking of how can I change this to make it appropriate to the platform? So um, I've, experimented with putting an entire video on a Facebook group or a Facebook page. But I think what is better strategy, and I have done this and proven this on my own page, is if you can get a shorter version of that video, add some closed captions because most people are doing social media without sound. And then the call to action is go to this blog post or get the rest of these tips or see the rest of this behind the scenes footage over here on my blog or over here on YouTube, you're going to actually drive traffic where you want it. So really thinking in the context of how can I just take a little 30 second clip of this larger, maybe five minute video and put it where I've decided I'm going to be consistent. Um, And I also think if you start with the blog post, it's also easier to work Pinterest into your strategy because you're pinning directly to your blog, which is what Pinterest wants. So um, thinking of it as like a triangle and then at the very, very top is your pillar content and then everything else is underneath. So um, this has helped me a lot, even in showing up on social media, I no longer have to think, okay, what should I say on Instagram? What am I going to post in my stories? What what should I even be posting like for my captions? I could literally take the first paragraph of text from a video saying, this is an amazing behind the scenes footage of this so-and-so's wedding. We got to see these amazing outfit changes and you're not going to believe, you know, what her groom surprised her with. That's the caption for the Instagram post. So you can repurpose not just the video, but the text, especially when you start with one strong pillar piece of content. So I I find that it actually makes everything a lot easier uh, yeah. rather than kind of just this like spray and pray method of like throwing things up everywhere and hoping for the best. Right. I love that you share that. And one thing I wanted to add to that for this pillar or anchor piece of content that we're talking about Because I do know that a lot of photographers feel like, okay, well, I'm going to do this blog post on, you know, this wedding that I just did. And then they get sort of caught up in not understanding like what SEO is looking for and Mm -hmm. what people are really looking for. So I personally do not go to, you know, a photographer's website and read a blog post about the wedding. Like, I don't know this person. I don't really care about this person not to be rude, but I really don't. Like, I want to see pretty pictures. But how could you take what happened at that wedding and make it into a piece of content that more people would be attracted to? So if it's raining at the wedding, for instance, maybe you throw in like three tips for how to photograph a rainy wedding, and Mm. then write down some ideas for that. Maybe you went to a, you know, 
engagement session and they met at work. So maybe you could say like, you know, three ways to incorporate how you met into your engagement photos or something like that. So it's a little bit more applicable to, you know, your ideal target audience and not just randomly like this cool wedding I shot over here at the botanical gardens. Like it's just not as engaging and people Mm -hmm. are not searching for that on Google. So how can you really use your photography sessions to turn it into something that's a learning experience for your listener or viewer? Yeah, I love that. And I think that the way that you were framing the titles just sound more interesting and clickworthy than saying Sarah and Greg's wedding. It's, you know, how you can incorporate two reception dresses at your offbeat wedding. And it's like, ooh, I kind of want to click on this and see like what should those two looks look like and at what point in the reception do I switch? Like this is engaging me. Yep. And then you just weave in your photos. Mm-hmm. you know, throughout the blog post and then say, want to see the full gallery? Click here. And then it's yeah. just, it gives, I feel like, again, we're talking about readability of like, it just gives your viewer, your reader, I guess is the right word, something else to do. And they want to stick around. And they also probably want to keep looking at your blog because they're like, wow, this blog is different. It's actually teaching me something. Right. Yeah. So I think that's really important. Yeah, I think what you're talking about here is really stepping into this mindset of being a content creator, not just a photographer sharing photographs. Yes. So important, especially, again, as we talk about standing out as a photographer, Mm -hmm. we want people to stick around and beautiful photos are great, but they don't, they're not going to be what keeps someone on your page on Instagram, right? And we talked about this earlier before I hit record and this idea of branding and infusing yourself into your social media, into your website, not just showing up one time with your, you know, cute headshot, but like infusing yourself into your brand. So do you want to touch on that for a minute before we get into gear? Yeah. And, you know, I was just talking to someone about this and I was saying, it seems as if it should work this way that if you're a really, really talented photographer, that you get the most bookings. Or if you're really good at what you do, you get paid the most. And in photography, this could not be more false, right? Like, yes, your talent matters and work on your craft and hone your skills. And I will follow people because their work is beautiful, but not only because their work is beautiful. And I think there's a select few, maybe a few unicorn photographers out there that are truly just so mind-blowingly talented that they, no matter what they do, they're going to book weddings, they're going to book portraits, they're going to do whatever they're going to do. But for the large part, myself included, there is no way that I can just ride on beautiful images. It's just not going to take us very far. And it's also to your point, it's not really going to keep them scrolling or reading or feeling connected to us. And so what comes down to something we can actually control beyond being better photographers is building a brand that stands on something or believes something or solves something and hopefully is all three of those things. And so the solution and the answer to this feeling of you know, being a little bit lost in the the mix of there's a lot of people doing what I'm doing. There's a lot of people saying the same stuff and the using the same presets. How do I stand out? It's you. And the best way to display you, like we've we referred to this in the about me page, it's 
what you do with your craft for your clients. So not just you, but how you uniquely come into the marketplace and solve your clients' problems with your work, with your services, how you create albums or lead them through the whole process in such a seamless way that it becomes a part of your brand. And so that's absolutely true because unfortunately, just beautiful images are not going to be enough. I 100% agree. And I love that we touch on this. And I just think that every episode I do, I almost always like try to bring it back to the fact that you have to stand out and you have to sometimes be willing to do things that are uncomfortable, like getting in front of the camera and being on video. And unfortunately, no, I say fortunately, like, video is the future and people's attention spans, this is the unfortunate part, that people's attention spans are just so small these days. But you really do want to be able to capitalize on this. And being an entrepreneur, you have to be flexible. You have to be willing to pivot when things pivot. You have to be willing to not dig your heels in and say, I am not going to do this, right? Because sometimes... I'm not saying that you should jump on every new shiny object, which we've talked about before too, but I am saying that, you know, when you see the marketing trends starting to change, you do have to adapt. And so Joy, can you share with us, like, how do we get started? Like, how can people, what gear and software can they use to really step into this confidently and not feel like it's so overwhelming? Yes. Okay. Well, fortunately for photographers, they have a lot of this gear. And so I don't even allow the excuse of I don't have the gear because (laughs) your DSLR or your mirrorless camera are way more than enough. And if you don't have an awesome DSLR, your phone is way more than enough. So I will say, use what you have. The best gear is what you have. Um, The one area that you do want to think about and you do want to be intentional about when you're starting is your sound. Because that's one thing that I don't think people can kind of just push past, especially when consuming video content that has you talking. Um, If someone is a headphone user, it's a little abrupt. If it's, you know, popping, there's background noise or echo, or they just can't hear you or the audio is all over the place, right? So the audio is one area that you're going to want to think about and invest in from the very beginning. Now, I have a couple of mic recommendations and I'll share um, my curated Amazon list so you can see what mics I recommend. Um, But there are mics you can get on Amazon, really affordable mics that you can actually just plug into your phone and are lapel mics that you could put on your shirt for talking, for speaking, even if you're just using your your phone, like if you use a little uh, tripod for your phone and then you still have a microphone, that is perfect. Um, and it can be awesome for behind the scenes content as well. Um, because I know when I'm getting behind the scenes content, I'm using my nice camera, right? So we can't often have both. And so getting started with good audio is key. Um, and then a couple of my favorite apps for editing in your phone are Mojo and InShot. Both of them are free. I think they have in-app upgrades, but you can do so much with these apps and they have taken me so far. I have content that I've created, repurposing content for reels. I have videos, entire videos that I've created just in my phone. Um, But if you're looking for something a little bit more robust, there is an app called Descript that is a computer software for actually 
editing audio and video. And it's really user-friendly, really intuitive, um, and can be a great place to start. But I will say my first 50 or so YouTube videos were just edited inside of iMovie, which is the free editing software that comes on your Apple computer. And I think almost every computer has some kind of free editing software. And I think that for me personally, that held me back for so long. I thought, I'm just a photographer. I don't know how to edit video. I don't know if I'm like going to be able to make it seem succinct and professional because I have a brand that is a little bit more established and then I'm starting video, right? And I will tell you that these apps have gotten better and better and iMovie is perfectly acceptable for just streaming together, syncing together some clips that you might want to put together. Um, so those are some really great ways to start with your gear and with your software. I love that. And I love that you mentioned like it doesn't have to be complicated because here we go again, us photographers always trying to complicate things. Yes. Oh, maybe it's just me and you, but I think everyone else listening can relate. Like we always think that if it's going to work, it must be really hard. You know, like if it's going to be something that is going to be a long-term play, like it's just got to be really complicated. And that's perfectionism when it comes down to it, because I have found this to be true in every piece of video I've created, even the reels that I've made. The less amount of time that I have spent making a reel, the more views I get. I have a reel with 2 million views on it that took me like 30 minutes maybe to like find the audio, record it, throw text on top, find hashtags, create a cover. Like I'm talking 30 minutes start to finish. And if I didn't do a cover or any of that, it would have been less. And it has 2 million views. And it just sort of proved my point on against myself when I think I need to spend more time on this in order for it to be worthy of views or for it to grow my business. And that's our perfectionism getting in our own way when really done is better than perfect. 80% is all you need. Like if the video were just, we're going to give it a B, let's, let's shoot for a B because if you can get to a B, it'll probably get published. Otherwise, if you're waiting for it to look a very specific way, it's very likely that that YouTube channel, that video, that reel, it's never going to get published. And that's sad, you know, like how many of your ideas and, you know, concepts that you could be putting out into the world that could help someone or could book your next wedding or your next you know, portrait session are never going to see the light of day because you can only press publish if it looks a certain way. And if that's resonating, that's perfectionism. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so resonating because I am a perfectionist at heart and I really have had to take a really close look at that and, and do exactly what you said and just be okay with B work. Yeah. Be okay with done is better than perfect. And honestly, when I really lean into that, things get done. They They get done. And then it gets moved. Exactly. And I am able to help people. And Mm -hmm. that's really what this is about. Your great ideas can no longer help anyone, has no potential if it stays in your brain. I know. I know. And then, you know, then we're left frustrated saying, oh, I don't have enough time. And if, if only, if only, and you kind of I feel like what happens for me, and maybe this is true for someone listening, but I check myself when I start feeling a little jealous. Like when someone else does something, they, they launch the YouTube channel, they start making their reels, they start doing stuff. And I'm like, oh man, like she's doing what I want to be doing. And then I'm like, wait, I could be doing that. Right. That means I should just go do it. Not 
feel that feeling of like, oh, she's running circles around me. It's like, no, she's just pressing publish on things that she probably isn't super confident on either. Right. But you're, you know, too scared slash nervous slash fearful of whatever could come. And so um, really getting out of our own way and identifying that is huge. And I have found one way for me to to push past that is as soon as I identify that it's happening, I set a time limit of we're going to press publish or we're going to press go on this vlog or this reel at this time. And I would literally set a timer on my computer or I'll put the date in my calendar and I make a deal with myself that it's going to happen. We're going to move forward on this because I think it's one of those, like the longer you think about it, the bigger it becomes in our minds. And it's not even real. We're just blowing it up in our minds to be so much bigger than it is. And I know this is true with YouTube and video content, but I think it can also just be true of like showing up authentically, like in stories with your face, we, we overthink this. And so sometimes I just have to whip out my phone and I'm, I'm just like, I'm going to make a story. It's not going to be great, but I'm going to make a story because I know as soon as I press publish, I'll be like, okay, I'm, I'm now someone who posts stories instead of thinking about how I should, 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 I'm actually doing it. So it's like I'm bringing myself into alignment with what I really want, which is to grow my business. Oh, 100%. And you totally brought up something that made me think about us as photographers, like, can you remember the very first photo that you ever took? I mean, the first photo? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> like, I'd be so embarrassed to show someone the first photo that I took versus like my photos now. Oh, and gosh. I think that just goes to show is like your first blog post is going to be crap. Your first yep. video is going to be crappy. Like, just be okay with the fact that it's not going to be what you want it to be. It might not be what Joy and Michelle's look like because she's been doing this forever, not forever, for a while, <laughs> right? And so it's like, just take the first step. And this is what I tell my kids all the time is like, you don't get better at something by never starting. You have to start. But we as humans don't like that answer. We want <laughs> to be better without having to do the work. And I am now back in this position of like super beginner, super rough with my new podcast that I'm starting. And it's like, it's so cringe. I'm, I'm just have so much admiration for everything that you've built here. And you're over 100 episodes because it is so hard to do something that you know, in your mind, what you want to be. It's the same right. with photography. We knew when we took the picture, like what we were picturing and what we were trying in our minds. And there's a discrepancy between what you think you're capable of and what's actually coming out of your camera. Right. And that is so hard to push past that and say, I know I can be better. I just, you can't see it. You can't yep. see that I'm talented yet, but I will be. And right. most people at some point in that messy middle lose motivation or get super discouraged and can fall off of that vision of where they want to be and where they want to go. Um, because it's so hard. It's uncomfortable to be not great at something. But like you said, and like you say to your kids, if if you want to be good at something, you have to start. And when we mm -hmm. start, it's kind of cringy. Like it's a little awkward, but the yeah. only possible way to be, you know, 100 episodes in is to create 100 episodes. And right. that is like, it's a hard truth to accept, right? I think that's hard. Oh my goodness. I feel like we could talk forever. And I do want to say <laughs> one more thing. So I'm training for a half marathon right now. Wow. And I actually have already run technically four. So I ran wow. a full marathon before I had kids. And then I ran 
two halves. So essentially that's four halves, right? So I'm getting ready to run this marathon. It's next month and my husband is running it with me. And let's just say I'm not in as great of shape as I used to be pre-kids. And I just like, I had to, I ran five miles yesterday, which is the most that I've run in a very long time. And I just had to remind myself every step was getting me closer to the end of that five miles. And it's just like, I feel like the same is true with my podcast is like, I didn't look at being like, okay, how many episodes am I going to do before I'm done? Mm. There was never an end in sight, right? It was just like, okay, I'm just going to do the next episode. I'm just going to do the next episode. And it was just, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to do the video. I'm going to do this real, even though it doesn't feel right. You know, it's just taking the step to just continually move forward, even when I was, you know, really tired and I wanted to give up yesterday and I really didn't want to do it. And it's just staying consistent and the motivation will come. I think Mm. that's really important is like, you have to be consistent and commit to the plan. And then the motivation to do the plan comes. Yeah, that's so good. And that's so deep. And I think it can apply (laughs) to so many areas of life. But as you're saying that, I'm just like, yeah, man, this is true. It, And I, it kind of brought about the, like the quote, like action brings clarity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I want the clarity before I take the action. Yes. I want to know where the heck is it going? Like exactly right. where is it going and exactly how is it going to look and how much am I going to make and how happy am I going to be? Right. And like, that's not how life works. You have to take the first step. And then I yeah, love that. this is challenging me today. This is so good. Oh my gosh. I know. I literally feel like we could talk for hours and I'm so excited. We're going to have you back on the podcast and we're going to talk about other things because I know you have so much knowledge. But before we wrap up, will you share with everyone where they can find with you, connect with you, work with you, all the things? Yes. Well, I um, my website is now joymichelle.co and you can find my YouTube channel if you search Joy Michelle Photography on YouTube. Um, and I would love for photographers listening to join Photo Boss with Joy Michelle, which is my Facebook group. And those are going to be some great places to get free resources, downloads, and all the goodness of working together to make your photography business what it could potentially be. I love that. And share with us just a little bit about your podcast, because when this airs, I think your podcast will be out. Yeah, I think so too. It's very new. It's very awkward. No, it's it's not... <laughs> For me, listening to my voice is very new for me, right. um, but I'm pushing myself to do this because it's been something on my heart for a few years. I bought the domain calledtoboth.com two years ago at least, thinking I'm going to do something with this because I feel called to be a present mom, but also to be an ambitious business owner. And I just don't know what that looks like. And so the podcast is named Called to Both. And it's going to be a combination of um, just really practical tips of how this can look of scaling a business and building a life that you love both in your home and in your business, um, but also some interviews. So I hope that you'll come on my podcast at some point. I would Uh, love to. You're on my list. I have a notion board with uh, like my podcast dream guests and you're on my list. I love Um, it. But yeah, I'm just, I'm thrilled about it. And it's, it's really cool to be able to share more of my heart, more of the back end of my business even beyond photography. And so I'm very excited about it because I think it's going to open up a whole bunch of new content possibilities for me. 
Oh my goodness. Well, we'll, I'll be sure to link to all of these in the show notes, along with that gear um, for your Amazon shop that you mentioned. And I'm just, I, I have learned so much through this episode and I just know that everyone listening has as well. So thank you so much, Joy. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a pleasure and an honor. And I feel like this time just flew by. I don't know where it went. I agree. I know. I feel like we could just keep talking for hours. (laughs) We'll have to do another one. (laughs) Yes, please. Oh my gosh, mama. Are you feeling totally encouraged and inspired right now to get out there and make some videos to market yourself? Okay, I'll be honest, you might be a little overwhelmed right now by all the information that was shared, but don't worry because we outline every single episode into a really easy to re-reference and digestible blog post. So be sure to check the show notes so that you can grab all of that information. Joy shared a bunch of really awesome and incredible resources, which are also going to be linked below. But I think it's so important that before you turn this episode off, that you really let what we spoke about at the very end sink in, that action brings clarity, that sometimes you have to take the steps, sometimes you have to show up consistently and do the uncomfortable things for it to become a habit and for you to start to see success with it. And I also think it's so important to be okay with B work, as Joy mentioned. Just get it published. Just get it done. The more that you create video content, the easier and more natural it will become and feel. Remember, the lifetime value of a piece of video content is far greater than static content. So yes, it might take you a little bit longer to create the video content, but then you have it to use and repurpose. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to take a screenshot of it and share it out on Instagram. Tag me at The Purpose Gathering and Joy at Joy Michelle with two Y's, and that's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, and let us know your favorite part about this episode. As always, Mama, I am here rooting for you, and you are not alone on this journey. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Purpose Gathering Podcast. As we end our time together, remember that you were created for more. You can do hard things, and life is about more than just surviving. So go out there and live your life with confidence and courage. To become a part of our free online community and connect with like-minded mom photographers, head on over to thepurposegathering.com slash mamas. I'm so proud of you for listening and investing in your future. Together, let's link arms and make a lasting positive impact on our families and communities. You've got this girl, and I can't wait until next time.